0: Welcome to Magnifying God in Your Twenties, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults in their twenties glorify God. For most of us, our twenties are some of the most pivotal and challenging years of our lives. This decade is a season when most people make huge life decisions that will impact the rest of their lives. This podcast aims to help young adults of our generation navigate these years through the lens of the gospel. Join us as we run towards Jesus.
1: Welcome to another episode of Magnifying God in Your Twenties. This episode of Magnifying God in Your Twenties was recorded on September 12, 2021, and is brought to you by Sai and Manny. Honestly, it feels like the climax of everything we've been talking about in terms of like, uh, what's my purpose? At least that's what we intend to talk about today. So... But before we dive into that, let's talk about, let's catch up on our week. Yeah, so week well, <laughs> I, mean, I
0: think one thing we're talking about is our first episode drops in three days? Three from days. From this recording? That's right. How do you feel?
1: I feel nervous, <laughs> plus one, like our voice is going out there, and it's just honestly surreal because this all began from like a thought and just meeting at a coffee shop, like, Hey, let's do a podcast. <laughs> now it's like, it's almost September 15. So you, you need to get to work. <laughs> You're It
0: makes you nervous, but also I feel so excited because I'm just excited to have others kind of join alongside of us in this journey. I feel like so far it's been a lot of just you and me and I think it's going to be really cool now starting to get really... Hopefully a community kind of built around mm-hmm. this and to have others speak into it and kind of walk alongside side of this with us. So, yeah, it's good going here. Yeah, I, I am excited, but I was a week, so I <laughs> it was it was really good. We have uh, TCU football won their game yesterday
1: mm-hmm.
0: and Manny here. Was actually at the game with me. So Manny, was that your first TCU football game? First TCU football. First. So Manny's good luck. Manny came. Go, go frogs. Go frogs. <laughs> so, Manny, it's been a good week. It's always a good week when the horn frogs win. Yeah. Oh man, that was a scary
1: game yesterday. It was intense. It was intense. But the frogs barely came out on top. When Kyle, like made the first two touchdowns, I was like, "Well, it's it's game over." That was like the first two quarters, and you know TCU came came back clutch and. We scored like we had like the same amount of touchdowns, right? Mm-hmm. But I think we had a two point conversion at mm-hmm. some point. So, yeah, that was I think that was a smart move by our quarterback, whoever, whatever his name is. What was what was, what was <laughs> Max Duggan? Is his name okay? He's good, <laughs> he won us a game, so I guess that works. But uh, I think it was really exciting to be in, uh, at the game yesterday, and hopefully, TC keeps doing well. I mean, I don't. UTA doesn't have a football team, so I have to support some college football team at some point. <laughs> but that's, that's where Cy and I, we were at the TCU football game this past Saturday, and we just had a great time. It was really hot. It was really hot. I don't know if you noticed, but it looked like I was drained after I was just like, just call one touchdown and let us go. I feel like we're so
0: close to fall, but in Texas in September, it just still remains. So now the mornings are starting to drop, which is nice. Oh, yeah. and I'm hoping during
1: the day we oh, be get a better that's temperature soon. Tough. Yeah. But yeah, that's pretty much like the update we have for our audience this week. Yeah, I'd say it's one of the more exciting things from this past week. Yeah. yeah. All right. We can dive into quote for the
0: day. Our quote the, of the day. Do you
1: want to go first? Yeah. Okay.
0: I can go. So my quote is from N.T. Wright. And it, the quote is, tell someone to do something and you change their life for a day. Tell someone a story and you change their life. And this quote really, man, it just stood out to me because I just really started to process like the value of stories and where they fall in our society. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, I mean, I think stories caption our attention almost better than anything. Although, you know, music, I think does also a pretty good job. Yeah. But if you think about it, right, whether it's uh, a good sermon that you're listening to or you're around a campfire with friends or with family, a lot of times what really captures your attention the most and really brings you into the moment is when you're sharing stories. Like stories are, are part of who we are and how we connect relationally to people. Yeah. And what's cool about stories is like I think one thing they do really well is they capture the interest of people. Mm. And I think it's cool, too, how stories are relevant across across cultures. I mean, stories are relevant to all different types of people and different ages and ethnicities. And, you know, even you can go thousands of years across time and they're just as relevant and deep in, in the time of Jesus as they are today. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: And the more I've thought about this too, Manny— I know so far in our first few episodes, we've been talking about the gospel and who Jesus is, and and I think about really what we're talking about is God's story. I mean, that's what the Bible is. The Bible is one great grand narrative, and it's about God and Him wanting to be known, to be with us, and to be to, for us to know Him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's God's heart, and I think I'm excited to talk about it today and okay, like, what is our purpose? And when we ask that, I think what we're truly trying to ask ourselves is how do we fit into God's story? Into God's and story. if someone exactly. doesn't know they fit into God's story, that's the first step, is that you need to first mm-hmm. understand that God is your creator. And then once you know that and that your God loves you and he mm-hmm. wants you, it's, you know, us who keeps pushing God away, but he's like, no, I, w- I want to know you. Like, we were created, yes, we were created through God, but we're also mm-hmm. created for him. And we're part of his grand story, his narrative that he's telling through Scripture. And what I love, too, also, Manny, is how powerful our stories are. Yeah. When I think about the gospel, I think a lot of us sometimes just think of sharing the gospel that we talked about, which is still very true and relevant, right? We talked about how the gospel is this good news that... You know we were created to be with god but then our sin we we are the ones that push god away i think mm. sometimes we think that god said hey you can't do all these things but god yes, said definitely. hey you can have from any tree just mm. this one tree that's going to protect you like i want to protect you yeah. i love you we're the ones who pushed god away but god said i'm not going to give up on you like I, I want to be with you so bad that i'm going to mm. send myself personally to come save you on this you know navy seal operation missing yeah. through jesus he said i'm going to come live the life you couldn't live mm. And die on this cross for you, and right—that is the gospel. But man, I think our testimonies after we've trusted in Christ, like those stories are also the gospel. Like I can share the gospel through, through that lens, mm-hmm. but through my story uniquely, how I was once far off, pushing oh, God yeah. away, pursuing the things of the world, and how I found them unfulfilling. But like I on my own could not get myself, like get rid of my sin and and and, and get to God. Yeah and I had to realize that I am broken and that I'm a sinner but I have a God who loves me and has forgiven me if I believe in Him and follow Him mm. and I trusted Him and you can now see the life change in my life yeah. and like I love telling my testimony you know why because Many, I've noticed that when I meet with people and I tell them my testimony, like that's when it uh, seems to click and when it really interests them and draws them in. They're like, "You too." <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, you know what I mean. Like, I love telling people about the Bible, but you know, when someone's like a little bit, maybe even newer to their faith, you know, it might be even kind of hard to follow. Yeah. And so, what a cool way that anyone listening to this, like, if you're ever scared, to, like, what does it look like to share the gospel? Just tell people about what Jesus has mm-hmm. done for you. Like, how is Jesus, like, how have you known him, and what has he done to change your life? And that's more powerful than almost anything.
1: Yeah. And, you know, you're just speaking, and I remember like the story of the adulterous woman at the well, and when Jesus revealed himself to her, she went to the town, and she was just telling people about, look, the Messiah just told me everything I have done, and she was proclaiming the good news. And i'm pretty sure people would recognize like wow this is the prostitute this is the samaritan woman like no one wants to ever interact with and we can see like a life transformed just after she met met christ and she was telling this, this story of like this man told me of everything that i've done he's the messiah i trust him now and you're also saying like um telling your story as 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 in this in a sense a way to relate with other sinners like this is what christ has done for me and in that i think like other sinners can start to recognize that i am as sinful as you say i am like there's no way i can measure up to god's standard and they can start to like relate with someone they can see like oh my goodness what changed and the gospel like starts like play a part i mean obviously Everything is done through the power of the Holy Spirit, but like we can start to slowly gospel play a part in the person's heart through just personal testimony. But everything just all coming to this is God. This is a story about who God is, and how we are part of that story. It is redemption. So I really love that quote. Uh, what's what's the guy's name again? N. T. Wright. Does he write books a lot? Or Um. just Yeah, I'd have to look into that guy. But anyways, this is the quote I have for you guys today. Let's see. The modern world detests authority, but worship relevance. Our Christian conviction is that the Bible has both authority and relevance and that the secret of both is Jesus Christ. This is by John R. W. Scott. And when I read this, I think about how that's even playing part in like what's going on in the world today. A lot of when we when we look at how much the world detests authority and worship like oh this is more relevant and we're going to ignore authority to glorify what's more relevant and john r w was uh scott was say like no 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 in christ we find authority that is god is the highest authority and is the highest relevant think about it like if you if you spend your life not knowing anything, but well, you get this one thing right, that Christ Jesus is the Son of God, came, died for your sin, so that you can be reconciled to God, and you can spend eternity with Him by His grace. If you get that one thing right in your life, that is a life worth living. Because think about it, like, out of that understanding of the gospel, you can see, start to live your life in such a way that God loves me so much in this way. I am going to love others in a similar way. Then the fruit of the Spirit start playing into play. I, by just getting that one thing, even if you like don't know anything. And that's, I think that's just the power of the gospel alone. And I think that's very, very real. And I think that's what I see when I read this quote by John John Scott. And I I don't know. What do you think?
0: I mean, I think that's really relevant. And I think something that I think we all struggle with is pride. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I think think pride is what is really at the root of a lot of our sin Mm. problems and a lot of what blocks us from, I think, truly, like you said, Counting the Bible as both authoritative and relevant is when our spiritual pride gets in the way. And I like how you're kinda hitting at this that it's not really a knowledge issue, it's 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 a heart issue. Correct. It's like I can know everything that the Bible has to say and I can know it, Mm -hmm. you know, word for word. But if I don't truly believe it as authoritative and relevant, Mm -hmm. then I'm not gonna take it seriously. Yep. And I think that's honestly one of the, probably the biggest lies that Satan uses is the devil tempting us into this sin of like spiritual pride and mm. that, oh, you know, I, I, I believe in Jesus and, you know, I know all these things, but we live our lives in a way that's like, but do we really, do we really like, it? like, yeah. do we, are we rooted in God's word in that? Like, it really does like, is the authority in our mm. life. And so, yeah, when I, when I hear that, you know, I, you know, it's convicting for me and, I think it's so important, you know, especially as we go forward, even in, like, you and I and, like, in our discussions talking Mm -hmm. about kind of what is our purpose and, like, how do we view the Bible as authority, like, as a biblical lens to see all Mm -hmm. of these issues in the world? It's like, I mean, point one is, like, we can't even talk about, I know you're, like, our heart is, one, like, our, not really to share from even our opinions, but to talk about what do we think God's Word says about these things Mm -hmm. and through a biblical lens, but it's like you can't see through a biblical lens or even attempt to if you don't see God's word as like
1: authoritative and relevant for your life yeah I don't know you said something that triggered like a thought of what Cody was teaching today in terms of uh, it's not what you say it's how you say it this idea of like you can say you love somebody but like you truly love somebody when like your words can be accompanied by your actions and and I think that even comes to play with the gospel in terms of like, well, if I truly love that person, I'm going to take actions to tell them and warn them about the impending doom that exists for all sinners. And this even reminds me of the quote, I think, Pell and Teller, like, famous magician, Penn is a very outspoken atheist. But he said this words like, how much must you hate me as a Christian if you don't tell me the good news? And that's coming from an atheist. And I'm like, oh, man, how much must our love overcome, like, our, our fear for others so we can reach out with the gospel? I don't know. Like, you said some things that just triggered, like, that series of thought. Yeah, like, I'll, I, I I'll gotta love see this. But, yeah, those are really good quotes. You can put that on the fridge. And
0: what I love <laughs> is I think these quotes that we shared today really kind of lead into the topic that we wanted to talk about today, too, as we kind of set up, you know, the next few episodes we want to go into, which is really it's very uh, catchy, which is, what is our purpose?
1: What is our purpose? I what think, is our purpose? I think that's one thing, like, a lot of people, especially, like, people of our age, 20s, 30s, that's their, like, one to, like, genuinely know, you know. And many before we even dive into, like, what do we think
0: we believe, and really, I mean, pointing back to Scripture, what we think Scripture says is our purpose, I want to ask you a question before we get there is, why do you think people ask this question? Because I think this is a question, you know, if you and I were talking about like throughout the history of mankind, top questions that were asked, right? This is at the core of human beings, which is like, who am I? Why am I here? Mm. Like, what is my purpose? And I, even my atheist friends, like, this is a question they always, they're even asking. So my question to you is like, why do you think as a human species, like,
1: this is like a very relevant question that we're always asking? I think that's a very good question. What's really interesting with this question is that this question is, a, is one of those questions that it's not, it's not a, only a particular group of people that ask that question. It's, it it's not, doesn't respect the rich or the poor, the successful, the non-successful. Like everyone at some point would have to come to terms with just asking that question like, who am I? Why am I here? What do I exist for? I think one of the reasons why people ask ask that question is because they realize the futility or the shortness of life. On average, like a man lives seven years and then dies and you sit down and you sit down in your room and you think about that like, wow, I'm twenty and I've oh my goodness, time is running out. And you start to think like that, you're like what what is life and James talks about this talks about like life is just nothing but a vapor uh, maybe James maybe John but like it's, it's just a, not, it's year for a moment but now it's gone Ecclesiastes also yeah, talks Ecclesi- yeah, right yeah. about online, yeah. talks about like the futility of like vanity upon vanity all this vanity and this is coming from Solomon one of the wealthiest men that I ever lived and it was like all this vanity like he he like think about it, he has like 600 concubines many wives, many, many concubines and he was extremely wealthy and Jesus would say Matthew like even Solomon in all of his splendor was not as beautiful as these flowers that God has provided for so this is Solomon in all of his pursuit for worldly things coming to the conclusion like all is vanity and I think the same way poor person can express the same the same thought like why am, why am i here and i think that's one of the reasons why people ask the question to realize how short life is uh how, how finite we are how i think our mortality starts to set in and we start to like question like i want to live a life that is worth living. Especially, like, people of our age, I think the question is, like, I don't want to waste my life.
0: And I feel like they keep finding everything they're pouring themselves into as unfulfilling. Correct. I'm like, okay, next thing. Next thing. Yeah. Next thing. And, Manny, I think you wrote it so well, and I love how you brought up the book of Ecclesiastes. And it's definitely, it's a more challenging book to read, but it's one of my favorites in Scripture. Because I think it really does hit on this idea well of, you know, and okay, one of my favorite uh, things from the Ecclesiastes that I just thought of as you were mm. talking about it in Ecclesiastes three eleven, Solomon says, "God has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, He has put eternity eternity into man's heart." Ooh. So I think part of us, you know, and something I want, we can break down today mm. in this episode too is you know all the way in the beginning God created us in His image. Mm. And so there is a a part of God's fingerprint, his imprint on us. Mm. And I think that shows itself in a lot of different ways, like relationally or, you know, through relationships and just emotions and creativity. And we can keep going on and on about this. But I think one of the things that's really imprinted on us is that he's put his eternal character, like his eternal, like being on us. and on our heart is this idea of eternity and there's got to be more. Like, since the said, there's 70 years of all this unfulfilling stuff and I can't find anything fulfilling. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? And that's really the beginning of so many testimonies you hear people talk about. I know it's the same for me. I mean, I, many, I pursued everything in the mm. world. And really, I did in the, at the end of high school and beginning of college and it was all vanity. I love the word vanity using mm. Ecclesiastes. All that means is vanity is like vapor in. Mm trying to grab all these things is like trying to grab like smoke or vapor. You can see it, but you you can't grab it. You're like reaching right, for it, you're like, trying to grab it. And that is what it's like trying to find purpose in all of the things of the world is that it's just it it's not it just ultimately leaves you un unfulfilled.
1: And and so yeah, what what do you think about that? I I think that's just that I think that that thought is I think it just goes to the heart of, like, the reality that exists in that question of, like, God has placed eternity in every person's heart. And it does not matter if you're atheist or skeptic. And I think it goes back to what I was, what I was saying earlier in terms of, like, everyone knows the futility of life and they just want to live a life worth leaving. You know, everyone wants to live in such a way that we have a legacy or some, I don't know, something left behind of us that, so that people don't forget us. Like, we're going to go away, but please don't forget me. And it's like, well, even if people forget you, if you believe, like, after death is nothing, then what's the point of even worrying about those things, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like if you don't know your true purpose, like, you're always feeling out of place. Yeah. You're trying to find your place among society... And one quote that I love is actually from Tom Brady himself. He's alive. <laughs> Tom Brady. So Tom Brady on – I found this quote very interesting on – this is back in 2005 after he won his third Super Bowl. Obviously, you know he's won more since then. Cool. And this was back – again, in 2005 on the 60 Minutes. And – What he says, one of the quotes he says is he's talking about, even though he just won his third Super Bowl, he says, a lot of times I think I get very frustrated, Mm. and there's times when I'm not the person I want to be. Tom Brady goes on to say, why do I have three Super Bowl rings and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey, man, this is is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life, and I think it's got to be more than this. I mean, this can't be what it's all cracked up to be. Mm. I mean, I've done it. What else is there for me? Wow. Like you can even see Tom Brady, who just won wow. three Super Bowls, that's and now he that's keeps like, yeah, and, and he keeps winning more. And he's like, he says in the score, he's like, I've achieved everything I set out to do. I've done even more than that. And heck, he's even done more of that since then. And he says he's still frustrated because he feels he feels like there's mm. more. And I mean, he's at the pinnacle of what we think is achieving, and it goes back to Solomon, like you talked about. Solomon is one of the wealthiest people who's mm. ever lived and had everything. And in Ecclesiastes, he says that.
1: But he kept continuing to find all of this stuff mm. unfulfilling. So the question we should be asking ourselves now is, what then is satisfying? Like, if if at the end of the day, like, all of this is just nothing but vapor, and there's no way I'm going to grab if I'm trying to, like, reach the highest rank in my, in my firm or if I'm trying to work, work, work. And I think this conversation is not a matter of inciting complacency and you know, like, well, nothing matters so don't strive oh, for anything. No, 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 no. no! I think it's a matter of encouraging people to strive for what's greater. It's good to strive for something that's good. It's better to strive for something that's greater. And what's, what's that missing piece that we haven't talked about yet, Si? Yeah, so now we can
0: really talk about you know, what What do we think and what do we point to scripture? Like, what do mm. we think that our purpose is? And, like, what are we created to do? Correct. And one of my favorite quotes that really, I think, opened my eyes to just this idea is from our old favorite C.S. Lewis. C.S. Yes. <laughs> and this quote he says is God made us. That's what we about. He says that God made us. And he said, He invented us as a man invents an engine. A car is made to run on. Um, patrol and it would not run properly on anything else. Now, God designed the human machine to run on Himself. Mm. He Himself is the fuel our spirits were designed to burn or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. There is no other. That is why it is just no good asking God to make us happy in our own way. I mm. love that. Like, mm. you can't just ask God to make us happy in our own way. Mm without bothering about religion, right? Or Mm. or without bothering about, you know, this relationship with him. God cannot give us happiness and peace apart from himself because it is not there. I love that quote that we were designed for God. Yep. We were designed for God. And so when I think about what is our purpose, I mean, simply to me, Manny, it's to know God and to make him known. Amen. (laughs) Amen, right? And I think the first step of that goes to even what like C.S. Lewis said is like, he said, God made us was his first mm. sentence. And that is the first thing we have to come to grips with. And I think is the first step really in understanding our purpose is we have to know that we are created by God, you know, and you goes all the way back to the first part of the Bible, the first sentence is in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth that God is, God is the creator Ooh. and he is the one orchestrating the story and I think a big step, Manny, we have to take is we have to focus less on ourselves and the story revolving around us, mm. but focus on God and the stories revolving around him. Correct. And it's, it's then when we can actually truly understand how, our,
1: how we fall into mm. this, to the story. You know, I was going to, you were saying something and two thoughts popped into my mind. I'm going to say them now so I don't forget. The first thought is the Desiring God motto by John Piper. And also, Genesis one I just read. So, Desire God like you know statement of faith, so to say, is God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. That just caps the essence of exactly what we're talking about, and this is not a, trying to steal <laughs> Desire God's idea, but like I think the essence of. Why we are created is captured in that statement. If our purpose is to glorify God, when we work towards that purpose, being glorifying God, then our satisfaction is rooted in God, and the 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 implications of that is that that is an internal satisfaction. Like it's not it's not a vapor you are grabs in for. It's 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 something real, and. Since our art is like an idol worshipping machine, it wants to like always worship something, it's better when we set our art on the internal things that last forever. That is so, so magnificent to think about. So my second point is also like how the book of the first book of the Bible, the first statement of the Bible begins with in the beginning, God. It didn't say like in the beginning, well, Adam or in the beginning, Eve. Or in the beginning, animals and plants. It begins with God. In the beginning, God. And everything was centered on God. His commands in the garden. His creation. His creation of His people. His choosing of the people. His choosing of one particular person, Abraham. His choosing of... you can go on and on and on. His elect and all these people that is chosen. All comes back to God and none of those people. And you read... The ending of Revelations, also this that that, ends with God at the center of all things, not like all saints being in heaven. It ends with God being the center of all things. That is amazing. I think that that should seal our like faith and our foundation into like if everything else is worthless. God is infinitely. So much greater. And I'm going to put my trust in him. I'm going to put my hope in him. And even Hebrews talks about like who hopes for what they have seen. I think we're blessed enough to not physically see Jesus. That we can hope that we will see Jesus in eternity and glorify him in eternity. And we will continue to know him forever and ever. I think that is I think that is a life worth living now. And that's a life worth living in light of eternity. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just rambling now, but... I, I love that.
0: And I think, you know, a verse that kind of comes to my fa- my mind in First Peter 2 is he says, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, mm-hmm. a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Mm-hmm. I love that idea of that. Man, wow. we, are, we are his people. Wow. You know, and, and not only is it we are his people, but it's so cool that, like, God, it, what I love is the idea, Manny, that how God is known in our world is he works through his people, like, mm. us reflecting his light. Like, we are all broken vessels, but, like, he shines through us to a world that is full mm. of darkness, but, like, he allows us to be, like, light mm. for him. And and Jesus even says, you know, he talks about, like, you know, the way the world is going to know me is by the way... You know,
1: you love one another. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's incredible. So the question, so we've answered the question of, like, the futility of the pursuit of earthly, temporal things that are just are gra- grab right grab, trying to reach for vapor. And we've talked about, like, reaching for something of internal value that is, like, pursuing God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But the question is also, like, how... Or maybe not how, it would be the question, but like, where do you start? If I want to live a life worth living, if I don't want to waste my life, where do I start?
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, Manny, that is a great question. And that's a question we're going to continue to go back to. Correct. And why I'm excited about kind of where we're even going in our discussion is when we talk about different topics and we talk about like things of this world that we want to talk about. It's all going to come back to this question, which is like, okay, how do I think about this particular mm. thing, but through a lens of how can I do this to glorify God?
1: Mm.
0: All right. Yeah. And it makes it not about us, but it makes it about him. And really, I mean, I think in a lot of our discussions we're going to have, it's going to be talking about, you know, it's going to be in all these different areas, right? It might be like relationships, it might yeah. be work, it might be friendships it could be, you know, all these different things, but how do I live in such a way that glorifies God? And that's what we should be thinking about. Ooh. I think a lot of times we think about what's going to bring us the most happiness, what's going to make us the most friends, make us the most money. like, And we don't always have the answers, Manny, but I want us to start thinking, you know, not like when we're trying to make decisions or talking about things like we're thinking more about, less about ourselves and kind of those things, but thinking more about how can I glorify God with this decision?
1: Mm.
0: Or how can I glorify God more in my life? And I think, you know, obviously the first step we talked about was, you know, we have to first trust that God is the creator and that we were created by him and trusting that he is good and he has good plans for us Mm. and that he loves you. And I mean, that's part of, you know, the gospel. And then I think, you know, the next steps we're going to talk about more is, okay, what does it actually look like? To, one, know God and make him known. And I think this is a great launching point. for I think a lot of our future discussions mm. are really going to revolve around this. And, you know, one thing I like is that this is something we, like, never fully reach while we're here on earth. Mm. But that we're going to try to, like, strive towards. Mm. And I think this is something that Paul modeled really well for us. Oh, yeah. Is when I, right now, I'm just thinking of, like, Philippians 3. And Philippians, I think, is such a great book. I know it's a book that you and I are both actually studying right now. So I think That's we're going to be story on that one. <laughs> we're going we're to be talking about Philippians uh, probably a lot mm. over this. But when Paul's writing to Philippians, Paul, I, I kind of like this. Paul kind of like drops his resume, mm. and he's like, you know, if anyone can put confidence in the flesh, like, like pride, like I have, I have even more. Mm. Like he says. Put no confidence in your flesh, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. He says, I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as a law of Pharisee, as a zeal of persecutor of the church, as a righteousness under the law of blameless. It's mm. so really quick, just taking a step back. Like, I know a lot of that. We're like, okay, what the heck did we just read? Mm. But Paul's saying, like, I... I am the kid of those, you know, parents. I live in the wealthy neighborhood. Like I am perfect. I live the good life. Like if anyone think of someone who you would model as, like, hey, who's a perfect person to you today? Like, what would that look mm. like? That, like, that's what Paul's saying. Like, I had it made. Like to all, like to to that culture he's speaking to, he's like, I literally cannot do anything more. Mm. And then he says, <laughs> yeah, and then and then he says he says. But whatever gain I had, I counted as as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Man. And so now he says, I count all these other things as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and found in Him. Like, not having a righteousness of our own that comes to, like, our good works or the law, but comes through faith in Jesus, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know Him, the power of His resurrection, and may share in His sufferings. Like, I love that, man. I think... Your first step to anyone who's listening, man, and this is something I need to, you and I have to remember every day is like, okay, after we've trusted in Christ, it's we have to every day take a step towards him on the cross. It's like today, how can I grow in my understanding of who he is? And a lot of that starts on, man, getting in the word yep, and being a community that's going to push you into the word and is modeling what a Christ-like community looks like. Mm. You know, I think that's what our next episode is probably going to be around is like, what, how can we use God's word in a biblical lens Mm. to view all these things? Because every day we have to continue to remind ourselves to grow in our knowledge of him and who he is. And I think that's part of us having this like championship mindset for Christ Mm -hmm. is changing the way it's like a paradigm shift of changing the way we think. Not about what we believe or what the world believes, but like, what does the Bible say? Because, many this is a story mm. that I think gives us answers to a lot of the questions we're asking. But it's very countercultural to what the world says mm. and what the world says, right? You know, the world a lot of times is going to say either, hey, you don't have a problem or just keep masking it up. Keep pursuing the things of the world. Mm. It's going to make you better. And so what I like about Paul says here, you know, Paul's like – that he wants to grow in his understanding, but also he wants to share in Christ's, like, sufferings, Suffering. right? So, like, what does that look like? Well, even today at church, you know, I think Cody worded it well. It's like we talk about love and what love looks like. like God is love. He modeled love. And how did he do that? So, True love is not just you saying love. It's it's through your actions. Mm-hmm. And for us, what love looks like is looking out for the interest, like hum- being, having a humble perspective and looking out for the interest of others of our own. I mean, that's truly what God did through Christ for us is that, like, he gave up his own interest for ours and cared a lot. And Christ lived in such a way that he gave himself for us. And yeah. so, man, what does it look like? Again, so we grow in our understanding of God. But what does it look like every day to try to humble ourselves and really defeat pride? And, and then Paul really just ends this by saying, you know, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead, mm-hmm. and so, Paul says at the very end of this, like, not that I have already obtained this, right? Like, not that I've already attained this in terms of like being perfect mm-hmm. or I'm like, you know, truly understanding all this, but I press on to make it my own because Jesus Christ has made me His own. Mm-hmm. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own. But one thing I do: forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal of the prize of the upward calling God in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and so. I would love for us to try to everyday think like Paul is, is writing yeah. here. And, and I think that's right. There's just a highlight of what it looks like.
1: To live a life worth living. To yeah. live a life that, yeah, what does it look like? Yeah. Yeah. I have like three three points to that. I think, one, I'm going to tell the funny story. That's my first point. Uh, you were talking about how like, you're studying Philippians with your own group. And I didn't know this at this at the time, but I wasn't intending to study Philippians this fall with my Home group, a group of guys that we uh, do life on life with, but we had the option of studying Philippians, first or second Peter, and we had just fin- recently finished. We had read like Acts, and when they when they, they were trying to choose like who is gonna replace Judas, and they like cast lots, and they finally elected somebody. We thought it was gonna be a great idea, to flip a coin, for you know whatever book we wanted to study. And this was really interesting because we took the moment, like, we were kind of joking, but when I took, we took the moment very seriously. It was like, okay, guys, why don't we pray and then flip a coin? And it takes me take me back to, like, God is sovereign in, like, the choices that we choose. This is, like, not even in any, like, <laughs> correlation to what we've been talking about. I just think it's funny. I like, we prayed... To flip a coin to end up studying Philippians with your own group, which was I guess God's sovereignty working it that way. Maybe someday we just show up at your own group somehow. Learn from Psy. But I think that was I thought that was funny, so I thought I share that. But the other thing that came to mind while you while you were speaking, Sai was First Corinthians ten thirty one. It says, So whatever you so whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. How do you eat food to the glory of God how <laughs> do you drink water to the glory of God I think it's having like a heart mindset that I don't deserve this and it's only by grace I'm able to drink this water uh, or eat this delicious meal for God's glory because God dispenses His grace in such a way that we cannot seem to understand you know some people are graced with such great wealth and they're able to help and work for God's glory And so people are grace with great poverty. And it's not a matter of God being, showing favoritism righteousness to one or the other. It's a matter of God being sovereign and he does whatever he he wills. He has mercy on where where he chooses to have mercy on. So that's the other thing that comes to mind when you talked about living a life that glorifies God, even to the point of drinking water to the glory of God or eating food to the glory of God. The other thing I think about in your when you were speaking and just talking about the story of Paul and the Philippians, is that Paul was from the strictest sect of the Jews, the Pharisees. So they took like the law very highly. And it's coming to the conclusion of that verse that it says, I count everything as garbage. Like he's throwing all of his knowledge, all of his wealth, all of his good stuff away. And counting everything as loss in comparison, because it compares it to the surpassing glory that is in Christ Jesus. And he said something about like, as long as we share in his suffering, we would also share in his glory. And I think that it's the point of glorifying God or magnifying God. You see what I did there? <laughs> magnifying God. I saw that man. <laughs> magnifying God in our lives. And I think. Been, I'm gonna quote like John again, like. God should continue to grant us the grace to think less of ourselves and more of him. That when people see our lives, it's not about like, wow, that guy is so great. But it's about, wow, God is so great in that guy's life. I think that's a statement I would prefer to hear than, oh, you're good. Because I, I know the wretchedness of my sin. I know... How much God has chosen to show, show his grace and mercy upon me and my fellow brothers and sisters in the faith. Like that is incredible. And I think like one way we can start to live our life to the glory of God or live a life worth living is counting everything as lost, dying to self daily and positioning ourselves under god's grace and operating out of his grace into love where the disciplines of drawing closer to god i think first peter no second peter one verse three all the way to seven talks about like growing your knowledge and your knowledge perseverance and perseverance like so it talks about like all the spiritual disciplines that helps you draw closer and that continues to mortify sin and mortifies the flesh and kills the flesh and pursues to things of internal gratification. So you come to the end of your life and you can say, like, Paul, I have fought a good fight. I have ran a good race. I have finished the task that has been set out before me. And just keeping that perspective of Hebrews 12, like fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. I think when one can come to the end of their life and say, it is only by God's grace I'm able to fight the good fight, fix my eyes on Jesus, and to God be the glory. And you breathe your last. That would be a life worth living.
0: Wow. That is. I love that. I love man. this topic. <laughs> I love it too. Like, I'll kind of end us, like, here is something that I just thought of too. Is one verse that really stood out to me is in Matthew 7, at the very end. In Matthew 7, Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven, on that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, do not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do many mighty works in your name. And then will I declare to them, I never knew you depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Like what really seems to me there, though, is it's like, it's not about the things we do. Okay, I have to have this perfect Mm -hmm. resume, and i got to be a perfect person. No, like, Jesus is like, I I want to know you. Like we were designed, man. like the whole biblical story is about God being known mm. and being with his people and trying to get his people to come back to him. That's why Jesus yeah. came is to bring us back to him. And he wants to know us. absolutely. And I just pray, man, that every single day our minds would not be set on building up our resume ourselves or mm. our own happiness or the things of this world. But we would have our minds set daily on heavenly things, set on who Jesus is, growing that every day, understanding yeah. His love for us and His goodness and His perfection. Yeah, many, and that is my my hope for us and for everyone uh, listening to today. And as we kind of end here, I just really think about, and the more we get to know our Creator, like I think the more we fall in love with Him, mm-hmm. like the better we're going to understand like who we are mm-hmm. and who our purpose is, and like that's what we're created to do is to bring glory to Him. And I think God has unique plans and purposes for all of us. And, you know, whatever those look like, we know that if we try to align ourselves with him and his heart, we know that ultimately it will result in his glory. Absolutely. And may he be glorified in everything. Yes.
1: Wow, that came out weird. Yes. (laughs) Anyways, uh, I think this is a good place to stop. We have our Instagram page. You guys can keep following us. Uh, Keep the comments and likes going up
0: yes yeah it's a great it's it's a great spot to really i think really really want to build out our community and so definitely Mm. go give us a follow share with your friends your family um like manny said drop a like drop a comment Um, we're gonna have our email links in there as well please send us questions there that you have and we would love to hopefully meet you guys soon yeah thank you for listening and being a part of this adventure with manny and i and we love
1: you guys we love you guys take care